hey, this is Mike Birbiglia, and you're listening to PF's Tape Recorder, which is one of the better tape recorders. Hello there, I'm PF, this is my tape recorder. Coming up, it's our old friend Paul Mercurio. People feel like they have a right to give their opinion because of social media. I talk about this in my act. People are reviewing plungers. Go look at a plunger. One plunger had 567 reviews. Who gives a f- about your opinion about a plunger? Had a great chat with Paul. As always, he's still doing his one-man show. Well, it's not really a one-man show. It's more of a, well, he'll explain what it is uh, when we talk to him in the interview. Still doing stand-up around the country. Still working on The Late Show with Dave, uh, on the, I David Letterman with Stephen Colbert. There you go. Uh, we're going to have a song of the week coming up from a group called The Districts. But first, as always, a dumb bit. And now, the troubleshooter. Finding a good mechanic can be tricky, as one local man found out. Consumer troubleshooter Tony Soprano has more. Chuck Hyperbole was having trouble with his car, so he took it into a local repair shop to have it tuned up. Well, I went to Hoodlum Brothers Repair Shop. I had testified against Ron Hoodlum a long time ago, but I figured bygones, you know, and not give him my business. But it seems they gave Chuck the business. Well, I'm driving out in the Meadowlands, middle of the night, dumping a bot, uh, making a delivery, you know, when the engine just dies. I had to walk back eight miles. That's when I called troubleshooter Tony Soprano. I decided to pay them a visit. Mr. Hoodlum? Tony Soprano, troubleshooter? Shooter? No, not that kind of sh- well, not usually. Listen, you fix this car belonging to Mr. Chuck Hyperbole? Yeah! He's a lawyer viewer of our newscast. Now let's look at Mr. Hyperbole's car together, shall we? He says you tuned it up, but it sounds a little rough. Don't you think? I don't hear nothing. Take a closer look. Ow! Hey! Oh, let go of my... Ow! Look! Does that sound right? Ow! Does that sound right? Does that sound right? Stop it! I don't think so. Owie! After I stuffed him into the trunk of Mr. Hyperbole's car, he started to see the light, which is ironic, because there's no light in there. (laughs) How's it running now, Chuck? Great, Tony. Now I got two deliveries to make out in the Meadowlands. (laughs) If you're having a consumer problem, call Tony Soprano, the troubleshooter. The new Mountain Dew Summer flavors are here, and they're extreme, extremely extreme. Like the new Mountain Dew Nervous Conniption. Mountain Dew Nervous Conniption has to be the best flavor ever. And I was trying, you know, I was listening to All Time Low, which just happens to be my favorite band in the world. You know, so it was all good. So whenever I listen to them, I think about the Nervous Conniption. I mean, it's just that good. Oh, and right now I'm talking about one friend, Emma, because I'm probably going to have Mountain Dew Nervous Conniption with her, because, you know, wouldn't that be so much fun? We'd be all really hyped together. You know, because being hyped okay. is like the best part of right. Okay, okay thank you. Thanks. You know, that's why it's so great. Shut you know, up! Ah, sorry! <laughs> New Mountain Dew Nervous Conniption. Get some fast. Paul Mercurio is a stand-up comedian originally from Providence, Rhode Island. They moved to New York City to get into uh, the law business, but then got out of that to go into stand-up comedy. Here now is our interview with Paul Mercurio. Gosh, what have what have you been up to lately? I know I, I I'm still getting ads in my or seeing things for your Broadway show. Is that still on? Uh, yeah, I was doing my Broadway show. Um, I you know the, the I'm touring more now, so uh, um, I've kept the number of sh- you know shows uh, limited, but yeah, I'm still doing that. And 
plan is to also take it out on the road. Oh yeah, because uh, uh, we feel like it's a perfect show that can like play in pretty much anywhere. You know, it's a very um, it's a very like sort of relatable show. Um, it's not you know geographic specific or anything like that. You know, yeah. uh, um, and uh, so it's yeah, it's like it's really. I really love doing it. It's just like so different and fulfilling because like people are really getting something from it, you know. Like, um, and uh, um, it, it's just hard to, you know. It's just, uh, it's just pretty great, you know. <laughs> well, and it's a, diff- it's a different show every night because it's all dependent on who you talk to. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, you know, but it's like you know the kind of stories you get are amazing like you know we I met this lesbian couple one of them was married with kids and realized she was gay and she met this woman and they had an affair and they she got divorced her husband and uh, this is in the midwest by the way like people sometimes think these crazy stories are just you know whack wackadoodles in new york and LA. <laughs> you know what i mean yeah like, yeah it's people have stories all over the world and so um so now they're married and their kids are teenagers, the woman's kids from the man, marriage with the man. They live in the same house together. The woman, the two women sleep in the same bed that the husband and the wife slept in. And the husband still lives in the house and sleeps in the spare bedroom down the hall. Wow. Yeah. And everybody did what you just did. Everybody went, whoa, yeah. wow. Yeah. Not judging, just but, like. You know, it's funny, though. I get that because, and we had this debate at a job I was at years and years and years ago. Uh, the same thing happened to this dude we were working with. His uh, girlfriend left him for a girl, and he was very upset. And he goes, you know, what kind of man am I? And I'm thinking, like, I, th- I think I'd rather be left for a woman than for another dude because, you know, you're still a dude. And if you, you're not providing this as a dude, then that says that. But if you're you're not a woman, so you can't provide what she's looking for. So, yeah. so I, I can yeah. – that is a wow at first. But when you think about it, you're like, well – if it was if she left for him for another dude and then he still lived in the house, they'd be like, and that's fucking weird. <laughs> right, right. Like, the fact that he left for a woman, the woman's giving her something that a man's not giving. Exactly. Her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, and yeah. Um, and sometimes it's emotional, you know, like emotionally. Like uh, I had someone say to me down in Florida, like this lesbian couple, same thing, and the woman was married, and but you know, she found this woman to be more caring and loving and whatever than her husband so it wasn't just a physical thing so yeah and then there was the guy um this gay guy a 22 year old nice guy young guy said how old were you when you came out of the closet he said 19 i go how was he goes well it was rough i go why he goes well you know my my parents i go what they didn't understand he goes no actually i told him and my father said funny you should mention that i'm gay too Whoa, now that's a wow. <laughs> yeah, and my response is, who tops their kid in that moment? Like, <laughs> like the kid's been holding it for fucking 22 years. Nineteen. Let, let him have the moment. Okay? Yeah, yeah. Gay, you don't know gay. When I was your age, you know, 12 miles in the snow to meet Bette Midler, you know what I mean? Like, don't fucking top your kid. And so... That tells you how people live their lives, you know, and that there are these connections that get made from these conversations with these people. Um, and uh, uh, and so, you know, and it's stuff that, you know, look, but the thing I just told you, um, 
about the uh, about the 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 you know um, the 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 woman the two women that met each other the second lesbian story came up in a stand-up show like this stuff comes out of my stand-up now because i'm talking to people in my ass on a a deeper level it's not just like uh hey you know um you know uh what do you do where you're from right hat no it's like (laughs) um it's more than that and uh and so what you end up doing is I don't know. You just end up sort of, um, you end up opening your eyes to things a little bit and you start to realize that, well, you know, misery loves company. We're all kind of fucked up and (laughs) we're not alone. Yeah, exactly. You're not, we're not, yeah, we're not alone in the universe. You're not as, it's, I do think that people find, uh, empowerment in that, you know, that they, that they, um, you know, you take solace in the fact that you're not in this alone, you know? Well, and, the, and your situation maybe isn't as unusual as you might think it is. Yes, exactly, you know? Yeah. Or, you know, if you think your situation's unusual, it's not that unusual at all. Now, that, I mean? Yeah. In, in, in relative terms, you know what I mean? Now, that being said, there's still two very separate shows, your stand-up and the Broadway thing. It's just they've kind of right. like – there's kind of like a little zen diagram where they've kind of the, – the circles have crossed slightly. But um, but your stand-up show is still your stand-up show. Yeah, and, you know, there's material and, you know, I'm talking about, uh, you know, double standards and political correctness and how sort of everybody wants everything to be, you know – we're either very indifferent to each other or we're way into each other's business and we got to find some middle ground. Like there's no middle ground in the country anymore. It's either like the same things in politics, right? You're either on my side or you're against my side. If there's yeah. one thing that we don't agree on, then go fuck yourself. Like it just, but it doesn't really work that way. You know what I mean? It's like, um, it's a mix of things that really make up who we are. And so I think that, you know, part of what I like to talk about is getting back to like a more reasonable approach that really more re- I honestly reflects what life is like, the gray area. You know? Yeah. Of yeah. Like, you know, we're not all this or we're not all that. We're something in the middle. And that's kind of the theme of the one man show, but it's also some themes that I like to hit on in my stand up, you know. And it's really resonating with people, like, you know. When I mention it, they're like, you know, I really like that part where you kind of, you know, I think people don't want to be divisive. And I do think they want to try to find common ground, you know, and I do think you can do that and still and still adhere to your own principles in life, you know. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And uh, I know they say that uh, no one's mind ever is going to get changed on Facebook, but that's not true at all. Some of my more reasonable conservative friends. Uh, I listen to all the time and say, oh, yeah, that does, that makes perfect sense. Or something, I'll, I'll just outright agree with them on from the get-go and say, yeah, I, I, I get that. But, right. You know, yeah. right. And But there's like a lot of people that won't <laughs> – you're on the other side. I'm not going to listen to you. You know, like right. I had like liberal friends go, oh, wow. Why do you go on the Fox News and blah, 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 the enemy? I'm like, no, they're not the enemy. They're just fucking people that think differently than you do. But yeah, that's like a narrow view of how to live your life. Like, I'm not going to talk to anybody that doesn't agree with me. You're never going to broaden your own horizons. You know, it's just it's so, you know, I'm not talking really much politics in my act because that's like, ugh, like very, you know, beating up, beating a, you know, kind of your head against the wall but 
I do talk about, you know, also like how we want to pretend that we're all the same and nobody wants to embrace stereotypes and that we actually should because, you know, we're not, we're not, we don't want to all be the same. We don't want to be homogenous, you know. I'm Italian. I'm very fiery. I yell a lot. I get in a lot of arguments. I talk with my hands. Yeah, my yeah. Cousin, and my cousin runs numbers for the mob. Okay, <laughs> there. My wife is a wasp, white Anglo-Saxon Protestant. She like Mayflower people. They don't get emotional about a lot of things. They just keep it inside and get divorced. Yeah, right. <laughs> bury it. Yeah. My parent, my parents should have been divorced, but the Italians, they don't do that. They just yell at each other and then die. Like, <laughs> so. But we're at this point, like where you're not supposed to say somebody who's black is black. You're not supposed to. You're not supposed to label somebody Asian if they're Asian. Like what the fuck? Like you know what I mean? Like it's gotten so crazy. And I believe in political correctness. I just don't believe in over political correctness to the point where, you know, people are trying to just like create bullshit controversy. I mean, I talk about this in my act. My wife and I were walking our dog in Central Park, and this guy's. Our dog was on a leash. It was, the law is in New York after nine in the morning. They're supposed to be on a leash in a park. And this guy's dog wasn't on the leash and it was like scaring people. And my wife's like, you know, your dog is kind of scaring people. It should be on a leash. And the guy went like this. He goes, why? Because it's a pit bull, like <laughs> a Latino guy trying to imply like that we were white people who were yeah. racist toward pit bulls. And I just was like, <laughs> and I just snapped back and I went, no, because he's got a baby in his mouth. That's why. Okay. <laughs> That's why he should be like. Don't don't try to be a dick and create something that doesn't exist here. You know why we're saying what we're saying. Yeah. And yeah. we know why we're saying what we're saying. We're saying what we're saying for the reason we're saying it. No ulterior motive. And so what people try to do if you're white, especially in a man, is they try to read into your motives and then uh, and then sort of lay over their own agenda over your motives that they've created in their head. Yeah. Right? Like I had a woman come up to me after one of my shows and I like to talk to the audience and I improvise and she said to me, and I'm not kidding you, she said, I noticed you talk to the men and the women. I understand that my show's a complete improv, right? There's nothing planned. Um, you know, the parts where I talk to the audience, whether it's in my TV and in, in my stand-up show or my one-man show. And she goes, uh, you talk to the men and the women, it'd be nice if you talk, but you talk to the men a little bit longer than you talk to the women. And it would be nice if you could talk to them an equal amount of time. This is like a 50-year-old woman. And I said to her, this is why I talk to men why than, more than I talk to women right here, this, <laughs> this conversation. And then I said, you're being inappropriate and you owe me an apology. And she went, what? I said, you're being inappropriate and you owe me an apology. I said, you have to stop thinking that just because you have an opinion, you have a right to voice it anytime you want, anywhere you want. You don't. You need to think about your words, think about if they're legitimate, think about the reason you're saying them, and think about the ramifications on the people you're saying to. And you did none of that. You have some agenda regarding men. You probably have problems with men. You're laying over me on top of what I'm doing, putting it on top of what I'm doing. I don't know you. I'm not married to you. I'm not your brother. I'm not your father. This is inappropriate for you to say that. I said, do you know how hard it is to go on stage and completely improvise for 20 minutes with people? And you want me to go up? and keep a running clock in my head if I'm making sure I'm not hurting anybody's feelings. I said, you're, you're a 50 year old woman. I go, you have to stop acting like you're a 12 year old child who wants everything to be fair. I said, if I were planning this, if it were a planned show, then you have a point. And she, you could see like her eyes were spinning in the back. Right. I go, this isn't going the way you thought it was. 
going to go, did it, did it. She goes, what do you mean? I go, I, I'm almost sure that you sat in your seat and thought, I'm going to say these things to this guy. And then he, because he's a white guy in the Me Too context, go, oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean that. I love women. Please accept my apology. And then you are going to be sort of dominant to me. I said, I'm not doing that. I'm not that guy. You're wrong. And then a friend stood out from now. My son was with me. And my son is pulling me away because now I'm like amped up. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't yelling, but I was like, and a friend stood out from behind me and goes, "Well, my," I go, and I, I just put my hand up. I go, "I didn't want to talk to you." I go, "We don't need a, we don't need support off the bench on this." I go, "You're both wrong. If you're going to agree with her, then you're both wrong." And and I walked away. And wow. I was right, and I'll be right to the day I die. Like. You don't have a right to people feel like they have a right to give their because of social media. Yeah, I talk about this in my act. People are fucking reviewing plungers. Go look at a plunger. One plunger had 567 reviews. Who gives a fuck about your opinion about a plunger? This is where we are in the country. I'm not kidding you. I know. I believe you because I I do social. I do social media for a uh, a local. You've been to Cincinnati, and you know we have our, our unique chili parlors here. Okay, mm-hmm. so I do social media for one of them. I respond to the, and first of all, people are just livid. It's one or the other, you know that. And I, you, I've only lived here twenty five years. I'm from Cleveland originally. You can't fucking mm-hmm. tell the difference between the two chilies. You just can't. In my head, maybe I could, and but people are so opinionated about it. It's like who gives a shit? <laughs> Why are you on social media talking about? I mean, I I get paid well. I get paid. I get paid the top of my rate to answer these. So in a way. Go have have more opinions. That's great. But I sit there thinking, I'm like, what? Are you, we're all wasting our time here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually i I talk about this plunger reviews in my act, and it's like it, like paragraphs upon paragraphs. Like one plunger, one guy took a picture of his toilet and sent it in as part of his review. Like, <laughs> now are know, these people like, serious though? Or are they they I made mean, so some part fun? Of what my stand up is is I feel like you should push back on. You know, where society is going on things. And this is one thing that I think is a real problem. Yeah. You know, and there's particular groups, particularly women, who feel emboldened to really push back. And they're right, because white men, especially, have been fucking being dickheads and treating them like shit and jerking off in front of them and fucking Ugh. grabbing their boobs and, yeah, yeah. and ruined it for the fucking rest of us. Yes. And so the rest of us have to, you know. You know, it's like me. I'm an Italian. The mob, the real mob guys, ruined it for the rest of us because everybody thinks if you're Italian, you're in the mob. Like, well, okay, well, we're not all in the mob. And by the way, we're not all fucking white asshole men that grab women's asses. But there's no gradation right now. So, yeah. Um, I don't know. This is probably deeper than you wanted to get. But oh no, no, it's it's fine. It's. I was also gonna. Uh, how you brought it up? I was gonna ask you, how is your son? Uh, my son is good. He's like. Uh, we think he's dating. He doesn't want to really mention it. You know, uh-huh. he um, was also spending a lot of time in the shower, which my wife is freaked out about. There <laughs> you go. Like, it's fine. If you're a boy, you're supposed to spend that amount of time in the shower. Exactly. Yeah, Good on him. Like, and, she, and she literally goes like, but I think there's a problem. I go, there's not a problem. What do you think? He's having trouble doing his taxes in there. <laughs> <laughs> and, she, and then she whispers. She goes, well, I think he's masturbating. I'm like, why are you, why are you whispering? She goes, I don't want him to hear me. I'm like, do you think he doesn't know he's masturbating? Like, <laughs> what do you think he thinks he's doing in there, playing Legos? Like, he's figured it out. Yeah. <laughs> and then she said to me, well, you got to talk to him. He's, you know, there could be a problem. You could have a problem in there. I'm like, what? Like, what? 
I mean, like, what do you think he's doing it left to right? Like, what are you talking he's, about? Like, like he he'll, just, he'll figure it out. <laughs> he'll figure it out. Yeah. Um, we all did. We all yeah, did. Yeah, we though. all did. Yeah. And some of us got somebody pregnant and some of us didn't. No. Exactly. Uh, but, um, yeah, he's good. And he's got a, um, you know, but he's like, he's at that age where he's like secretive about like girls. And does, does he like, does he have a girlfriend or not? You know, all that stuff. So it's kind of an interesting time. And uh, he was showing me pictures of some of his friends and a, couple of them were girls and like one of them had these like crazy short hot short shorts on and i literally felt like a pedophile i had to look away oh yeah yeah like, yeah oh yeah you know, my uh, daughter's friends have these these spam instagram accounts and they'll be scrolling through and they're as my aunt used to say they're filthy dirty and yeah they'd be like oh look what katie posted and i'm like oh, God, put that away what <laughs> the cops are gonna beat down my door here in a second i don't want to see that goodness yeah, gracious you feel, don't you feel like dirty and yeah. you haven't done anything wrong yeah even just, even just to hear about it oh she posted a picture of her and her boyfriend doing nah 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 nah, nah. la 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 exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I can't exactly. hear you yeah there yeah. you go so, so your, I, uh, your son's what was yeah. 16 now yeah yeah it's like um, I was waiting for the cops to break in you know yeah <laughs> so so your son he's what 16 now he's mm, yeah oh, okay I, I guessed right on the nose look at that yeah so yeah, that's, yeah. That, that's and uh, he's good yeah and uh, we got our dog and adopted a new dog and the dog has a weak sphincter so she like pees all over the place all the time oh geez and uh, it's like so it's like a um it's like a nursing home because there's like weed pads <laughs> everywhere in our house <laughs> like all you, all you need is a um jar of desitin and and then everything takes care it's like <laughs> it smells exactly like a nursing home and i think there should be like a lemon law for dogs so that um Huh. You know, like you could take a car back and yeah, yeah. put in like a new. You should be. I should be able to take the dog back and they like put her up on the lift and put in a new sphincter. I really do. I think I've got yeah. screwed here. <laughs> it's like, and the dog finds me annoying. Like whenever I walk into the room, the dog immediately gets up and he walks into another room. Like, like, not just five minutes. Like the minute I walk into the room, he looks at me like, uh this asshole again. This guy. <laughs> he walks into the other room. <laughs> and then and then when I go into that room he walks into the back into the other room like he doesn't want to be around me. Well, and my wife is like, Well it's your voice. How's your voice annoying? I'm like, annoying? Like, do I sound like a vacuum cleaner? What am I what are you talking about? Annoying. <laughs> I'm paying the bills here, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Probably tired so of me bitching about his shrinkers, but I'm like, hey, I've had enough of this guy, I'm gonna go in the other room. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and um and then, you know, we um so it's good, yeah. And uh, you know, it's just I've been on the road a lot. And then um, my um, my mom just turned ninety two. Oh wow, 90, 93, actually, yeah. And and she will not go down. We try everything: <laughs> bad, bad milk, old cheese. She just bounces back Goes like right a through little it. Italian weeble. She um, she <laughs> we actually had to have her car fumigated because she um. She was like in August and she went shopping to get some food and this and that and the other thing. And uh, she bought some really strong cheeses and like uh. cheese and whatever. And then she went to the market and um, I mean, went to the next store and she locked, she put the cheese like under the front seat of the car and locked the car. Forgot it was there for like a couple of days. Oh, geez. And she went home and it just stunk up there because it was the heat, you know, it got hot in the car. And when I said to her, Why did you leave the cheese on the front seat of the car? And she actually said, Well, I didn't want people to steal the cheese. <laughs> <laughs> so 
like depression era mentality yeah, yeah. kind of woman, you know. That's and, funny. Um, so, you know, she's still running her business and she won't give oh, that up. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. She's been running it for like 50 years. And, you know, so we just kind of try to help her out. And, but she's like, she's like this dual personality. She's sophisticated enough to start and run a furniture business. But then on the other side of it, she, um, is a depression era kid. So right. like, she won't spend any money and she's always looking for like deals and angles. Like she'll go through garbage. If she sees something in the garbage, Oh yeah. Yeah. You're, you're telling me trash picker. If she thinks it's broken and needs to be fixed, yeah. you know? <laughs> and, uh, and then I remember one night, like she, she, she was standing over the garbage and I was like, she was making me be, me be lookout for her, you know, yeah. while she was home. And she goes, I can't believe these in, People, she just like people threw these. Oh she, oh, she had her hearing aid and it was whistling because it's like a cheap hearing aid that she found in the garbage. It was like a lot of that. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm like, and she literally said to me holding this clock, she was like, I can't believe these people threw this clock out. They're crazy. I'm like, they're crazy. <laughs> like, she literally, said, I go, you're standing there in a house dress and curlers, your hearing aids like attracted a pack of dogs, and you, I'm lookout in some bad. Italian American version of Antiques Roadshow, and they're crazy. <laughs> they're crazy, and that's uh, that's so we. She just does her thing, and we try to help her out when we can. But she won't well, listen to anybody. That, that's cool. What you did, they say, you know, you're not going to change for now. Uh, still working yeah. over at Colbert. Yeah, still doing the warm up over there. Cool. And doing some on air TV stuff, and uh, you know, stand up appearances and stuff, and. Uh, um, and that's good. You know, that, that's sort of like a home base kind of thing. And yeah. Then, you know, the one man show. And then we've got a TV talk show in development for me, uh, one-on-one long form talk show. Cool. Doing. And the yeah. podcast still going? Yeah. Yeah. just had, uh, Tamron Hall on, got Adam Carolla coming up next. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah. I've got a lot of good guests, different, you know, the, you know, like, I like that variety. You know? Yes. Um, yeah. And you can seem to get people and, uh, that aren't normally in the podcasting like, circuit. So. That's always interesting. Michael Strahan and oh, there that, you go. Uh, um, and the woman that survived the Ted Bundy attack. Oh my gosh! What's that? I said, oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah, it's pretty amazing. You should listen to it. Yeah. She was, she was in her sorority house. He came in. Oh yeah, yeah, down in Florida. Uh, yeah. You're cutting in and out. I'm sorry. Oh, was that, that the one down Kleinman? I think her name is the one down in Florida. The when they finally caught him. Yeah. He, okay. Um, he didn't, they didn't catch him that night, but he beat his her roommate and then start and then hit her once with a log in the yeah. face. And then the um, uh, someone pulled into the parking lot and the, the curtains were open, so the headlights scared him off. Otherwise, she said he'd be dead. She'd be dead. She was literally saved by curtains. Yeah. <laughs> and wow. um, it was really interesting to and the, and then I have this guy uh, Christian Picciolini, who was the um, he was uh, running the, at 16 the biggest uh, skinhead gang in Chicago. He was a KKK guy for like a long time, and then just left and t- turned his life around. He's now trying to get everybody who's in that world to turn their back and pull people out of that world of hate. So, um, pretty like incredible story of his life and kind of how it turned around. And he's really interesting. He said they get you because they prey on your loneliness and isolationism. They they make you feel like you're one of them, that you're the family they never had, and then they get you to do whatever they want you to do. Yep. 
Well, cool, man. Sounds like things are going great. I've got to jump yeah, out here and start listening. Are, there are enough new stuff here for you? Oh, yeah, tons, tons. Yeah, i got to get on and listen to people complain about chili. So, uh, All right, okay. I mean, but you're good. This, oh, yeah, yeah, this is, yeah, this will be good. This is going to run uh, a feature, nice, uh, I think, 750 words or so, 700 Ooh, words. Yeah, sweet. in uh, City pa- uh, City Pages, City Beat in Cincinnati, the week that you're in town, of course. So. Oh, that's awesome. Do you want a, a headshot of me? Yes. Like, no, a shot of me from, a, like, on this, this the yeah, show stage? Yeah, I think you've seen Send me the. If you have anything more recent, that'd be fabulous. We can use that, and uh, so this will be in print and online. And uh, yeah, we'll get everybody out. To, Would you rather have like me on TV? You want me sitting? At the whatever, desk? whatever you, uh, whatever you would prefer to have in there is fine with yeah, me. Yeah, I think I'll, I think I'll send you the shot of me sitting at the desk with Stephen. Cool, man. And uh, I may reach out to you. I try. I always try to be a big shot. My wife occasionally has to go to New York, and I always tell her, "Hey, I can get you into the into the Late Show." But um, yeah, yeah. But um, she might have to go against Super Bowl week. That the last they did it last minute last year. This year she might have more of a warning. So if you guys are taping that week, uh, I'll let you know. We don't tape on Fridays, but otherwise, sounds good. Whatever, whatever you need, I'll hook you up. Awesome, brother. Thanks, man. All right, dude. Hopefully, I'll see you when I'm in town. Yeah, definitely. We'll okay. Come, come and catch you. Thanks, Paul. If you need anything else, information, let me know. Thanks we'll, for doing this. Okay. Oh, no. Thanks, man. Bye-bye. Right, bye-bye. Thanks again to Paul Mercurio for being on the show. You can catch Paul at Go Bananas December 13th and 14th here in Cincinnati. Then he's at Des Moines, uh, Des Moines Funny Bone there, January 9th at the 11th. Uh, They're in Des Moines, Iowa. Comic strip in Edmonton, Alberta, January 23rd and 25th. For all your Paul Mercurio needs, including uh, how to check out his Broadway show, you can go to paulmercurio.com. Simple as that. And Mercurio is uh, M-E-C-U-R-I-O. His original name is actually Mercurio, fun fact, but there already was a Paul Mercurio. He's like an Australian dancer, and so Paul had to change his, our Paul had to change his name uh, to avoid confusion. And uh, yeah, so there you have it. So uh, do check that out. Check him out on The Late Show. He does uh, appearances there about once a month and he uh, does warm up for the audience and I think he uh, occasionally writes for the program as well. Well, our uh, song of the week comes to us, well, uh, from sort of one of the usual sources, uh, not from BBC Radio 1, not from me walking around a store, but from BBC Music 6. How about that? Uh, This group is called The Districts. They're from Lancaster, PA, which is uh, near Hershey, which is where the very great Ocean Blue are from. Uh, Innocence Mission are from that area as well. And the group Live is also from that area. A couple more are, uh, but I can't remember off the top of my head. Those are the big ones that I remember. But anyway, The Districts uh, released a couple of uh, albums and EPs since 2014. They have a, a new album coming out, I guess, in 2020, but they've released a single in advance of that called Hey Joe, and uh, this is pretty cool. Uh, I'm not sure how I would describe it. Um, it uh, I mean, I can kind of tell they're from Lancaster, PA. Maybe maybe not. I don't know. Maybe it's just I think that because now I know that, <laughs> but um, anyway, the single is called Hey Joe. It is our song of the week on PF's Tape Recorder. So long, and thanks for listening. Trip to